This is the Learning to Lead podcast, episode number 94. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 94 of the Learning to Lead podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm the founder of L3 Leadership. We're a leadership development organization based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and our vision is to help you develop into the leader that you were created to be. If you're new to the podcast, this podcast exists to help you grow your leadership skills, and every month we're committed to bringing you three different episodes. One will always come from our breakfast series, where we bring in the best leaders that we can find to share their best leadership content. One will be an interview with a high-level leader in which I try to extract their best leadership principles. And then finally, I do one leadership lesson a month as well. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you like it, I'd really appreciate if you could go on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher and subscribe to the podcast and also leave a rating and review. It really helps um, help uh, helps us spread the podcast to a new audience. So thank you so much for just taking a few minutes to do that. This specific episode comes to you from our breakfast series. We recently had Kim Fleming speak. She's the CEO of Heffern Tillotson. Um, she was incredible. In fact, after her talk, I told her, you know, what you taught was important, but more, even more important than what you taught is who you are. And I think after you listen to this talk with Kim, you'll just uh, fall in love with who she is as a leader. Um, she was incredible. In fact, I wrote down in my journal, how can I be more like Kim Fleming um, when I grow up and lead? I just thought um, she was incredible. I know you're going to love this talk. And Actually, we, we broke this talk into two different episodes. This is episode 94, and this is Kim's talk from The Breakfast. And then in episode number 95, uh, you can listen to our question and answer session with Kim as well. And I'd encourage you to listen to both. Both were fantastic. And uh, I will include a copy of Kim's PowerPoint, Ways to Connect with Kim, and all the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 94. You'll be able to find all the information you need about this breakfast uh, right there on l3leadership.org forward slash episode 94. Before we jump into the talk, I just want to thank our breakfast sponsor, Bab, Bab Inc., and they are an independent insurance broker and a third-party administrator and consulting firm in Pennsylvania and across the country. Um, they're such an amazing company. If you have any insurance needs, they can help you out, and uh, they host our breakfast every month and pay for the, the breakfast as well, and they are just an unbelievable company led by my friend Russell Livingston, and I really encourage you to check them out on the web at www.babins.com. Again, that's B-A-B-B-I-N-S.com, and you can check out all the great work that they're doing. So that's all I have for announcements. I'll have some more at the end of the podcast. Let's jump right into Kim's talk, and I'll talk to you afterwards. Enjoy. I want to actually point everyone's attention to a picture on the wall so I don't forget this. Um, if you see the two men sitting over on the picture on the wall, that is actually Russell's father, uh, Ron Livingston, and my father, Bill Tillotson. And that was, that was taken down in Florida uh, when the Steelers were in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Uh, they were down there and were supposed to go to the Super Bowl together, and they were great buddies. They actually had the same birthday, but they were one year apart. My dad was one year older than Russell's dad. And so they... They were together to go to the Super Bowl, and funny story, they, well, it's kind of funny, it's kind of not, they're, they're, they went to the Super Bowl, were heading to go through the gate, and someone pickpocketed my dad's tickets, which um, Russell's dad had actually gotten the tickets through, I think, the lottery, yeah. and um, someone pickpocketed his tickets, so all of a sudden, he couldn't go in, and his, his dad, uh, Russell's dad, was so gracious, they just kind of looked around and said, what are we going to do, and they said, well, we can get back in the car, go back to Sarasota, and we'll watch.
watch the game on TV, and that's what they ended up doing. But <laughs> and his dad was so gracious about that. I mean, you can imagine you're all excited going into the Super Bowl, and I was actually there because I know some of the people at Raymond James, and it's Raymond James Stadium, and there was no way we could get them in because it's NFL was in control, not Raymond James. So it was just one of those experiences. But they were both so great about it, and they later said, you know, we had so much fun. You know, we sat and just watched it in a comfortable uh, living room. But anyway, they were great buddies. And so I took it, uh, that picture and had it made into something that his dad would have. Uh, my dad passed away about five years ago, and he was one of my great mentors. I mean, he, it was wonderful to actually be in the family business and to work with someone who had the character and the reputation that he did. And so... When I was asked to speak, and I, I looked at what the title of the talk was, it's, what's your number one leadership lesson? I thought, you know, there are so many things to know about leadership and to know just about life. But um, when I think about my dad, I think about a couple things. One is trust, and one is integrity. And I think those are two things that, for any leader, if you're, if you're going to be a leader that someone wants to follow, uh, if, you can't do it unless you have the trust of the people around you. And you really can't do it unless you have the integrity of you know whatever your mission is the integrity in your character you know those are things that are lasting and my, my dad now people would call him volatile at times and and he was you know he, he and volatile means you know he really cared so much that he wasn't afraid to chew you out royally and um, you know kind of leave with your tail and your legs and and go out but you knew that he was doing it for good purpose and so people you know would take his volatility I don't I actually have tried to temper that side of me because I didn't always like it but but I I will say that he had people's trust because you know, people stayed with him. You know, our company has a history of having uh, people that have been there for a long time, and I think it's because he was someone that they trusted and very consistent. And so, you know, for me personally, I think people would say I'm pretty consistent in what I do. You know, they don't have to worry about how I'll respond because I'm, you know, whether I'm with my family, I'm out in the community, or I'm at work. I, I would say I'm a very consistent person. You won't find a lot of differences, and. I have a couple of pictures because you, you tend to think of people, um, especially when you're talking to business people, and how you see them in business. So a lot of people that see me around Pittsburgh might see me in my business attire and see me at different things. That's actually my brother and my father and myself up in the, the right-hand side. Uh, but you might think of someone in that way. But I like to have fun in business, too. So I think um, part of it is, you know, you want to get involved. So I, you know, I'm really a believer in get involved, hands-on. And so some of the pictures that you see, we, we have a team that does the ALS walk every year because one of my colleagues uh, had ALS and passed away about a year ago. Uh, so it's a very important cause to us. Um, I had a, an opportunity to go to Africa a couple times on mission trips. So one of the pictures is that um, have worked with our youth group on a lot of our, our work camps. And then uh, the picture down on the bottom right is actually my colleague that had ALS and one of the events we did. So just, you know, being consistent, getting involved, you know, showing people by your actions uh, what you're about is one of the messages I would have because I think that's what gives people that trust in you and it makes them uh, feel like they know who you are. And then an another thing is, you know, don't, don't be afraid to have fun. And so... You know, one of my my lessons in life is, you know, you can't be stuffy. If you're if you are yourself, then don't be afraid to be who you are when you're with people from your company or when you're out in the community. So, you know, people that, that know me, I'm not sure what somebody snapped that picture up on the upper left. 
<laughs> when I was in one of my silly moments at work. But, uh, but most of these pictures are actually from things that we did with our company. So being yourself and not being afraid to show that you're not just this professional, but you actually are you know, someone that's, uh, that's truly genuine in the kind of things you do. Actually, down in the left-hand side, there's a picture. You may not be able to read it, but the shirt actually says, I upped mine, up yours. And this, is, uh, this was for our United Way campaign. And when, one year, one of our leaders of the United Way campaign called me and said, hey, you know, we have this thing that we want to use, and you know, we wanted to run it by you because we're not sure if you'll like this. And so the, the theme was, you know, I upped my contribution, you know, up yours. So anyway, we... <laughs> So the, so the shirt was made, and we, we used it internally. I said, I don't think we want to put that campaign out in the public eye, but, you know, but we'll do that for our, for our company. So uh, we did that, and actually on the right-hand side, uh, one of our United Way campaigns was one where we had HT's Got Talent, and I was the last act, and I said, the only thing I know how to do is stand on my head. So I stood on my head and had the end on my bottom. <laughs> So, you know, the, the lesson is, though, you know, don't be afraid to show yourself when, when you are a leader. You know, I think people really appreciate that, and, um, and it, it does give them the confidence and trust to be around you and to know that they can also be themselves. And it's, and it's fun because of the kind of relationships that develop. Um, I thought I would talk a little bit about the company Heffron Tillotson and just lessons because I, I do believe that you, you build a culture and you, you build uh, things that are important by having lessons that are out there. And I'm a big believer that all the lessons that you need to know are already out there in history. I mean, you know, every time I have a, an idea that I think is a new idea, I, I find myself later reading something that was written in 1789 or, or 1800 and you find, you know, that lesson not new. It's out there. So I'm a huge believer in reading about leadership and reading about history and learning from those that have come before us. So, you know, for me, two of the, the people that I follow, because we're Heffron and Tillotson, my grandfather was Art Heffron, and the company was originally founded as the Arthur R. Heffron Company. And he was actually uh, one of 13 children, uh, grew up in Marionville, Pennsylvania, on a farm, and he was the first in his family to ever go to college. And so he started the company as a very small company. Company, but he was very different from my dad. He, he really didn't have aspirations to make it a big company, but he did really care about his clients. And he was just this, this real gentleman. Everyone that knew him would say, you know, your grandfather was such a gentleman. He really was. He, he loved poetry. He loved to garden. He loved to read. Um, you know, he was one of those people that would write notes, and he had horrible handwriting, but, um, but I'll share one of his notes. And then my dad, Bill Tillotson, actually grew up in a very small town, um, the town of Spartansburg, Pennsylvania, that's about half an hour from Meadville. But, uh, he, and his graduating class was, was 10 people in his graduating class. He always said, I was the valedictorian. And then, you know, it was, it was 10 people, but, but he was valedictorian. <laughs> but, but he really was sort of a country boy, and he, he went and worked, uh, he went off and was um, in the service for a while and came back and went to Allegheny College on a GI scholarship. And his parents never graduated from college. You know, my, my grandfather Tillotson was actually the foreman for Crawford County on the the highways, and, but my dad learned about hard work, and he learned about uh, some really good principles from them. 
And so you know, one of the things that, that we developed, um, this was actually developed when I became the president, which was in 1996. And Russell and I were actually talking about transitioning from one generation to another. So I, I became president in 1996, and we'd never gone through a transition before. And I'd say it took about two years where uh, people really didn't know who they would come to, my dad, myself. So they tended to come to both of us for things. And about 1998, I think I felt confident enough in having the trust of people around me to start making some changes, but I also wanted to make sure that we really captured what the history of the firm had been. So we went through about a two-year period of developing our mission, vision, and values. And to me, the values are the most important because you know, we, when we hire people, we talk a lot about the values. We look for people that have these values, you know, respect for the individual, integrity and in thought and action. And then we, we do a lot of teamwork supported by a family-oriented culture, and then a relentless commitment to excellence um, you know those those things are they're easy to put in writing but when you actually believe in them and you hire people based on whether they fit those values and then you you actually analyze them as they go through their job you know you can point to things and say you know the way you treated that person was not with the respect and you know we believe everyone everyone deserves respect so, you know, it's, it's good to have those out. This is actually on everyone's desk in our office. And so we do refer to it a lot. And then the mission to become and remain our clients' most trusted advisors. You know, we, uh, we work with our clients in their financial affairs, and, all, and really we become a part of their life. And it's a great business to be in. I mean, I love the work that I do. It's, it really isn't work. It's a passion. But, you know, we really believe that that's our job, is to become their, their trusted advisor. And it's amazing the kind of things that you get to work with people on, that they, they fun things like having children, and then how do you save for college, and how do you buy a first home and what do you do with an ailing parent or you know what do you do when uh, when someone in the family has become sick and they have to uh, to make some changes in their lives so you, you really become their trusted advisor in a lot of really important ways but when, when I look at lessons that were really handed down to me, you know, the, the history of the firm goes back a long way. And one of our longtime employees actually shared this with me, and this was, this was a note my grandfather wrote. And so it shows that the history of the company really was founded on these values and has always been consistent. He was very active in Rotary, and he was writing to one of our employees who was a Jewish woman and actually one of the first uh, female brokers in the company. And he had missed one of her holidays, so he was writing her a note saying, I'm sorry, I, you know, I forgot about your holiday and, and didn't recognize it. And then he was complimenting her on her business. But the fact that he said, uh, goes to prove that the Rotary Club motto holds true, he profits most who serves the best. And then he goes on to say, the thing you should be most proud of is you've always considered your client's welfare as being of prime importance. In my mind, you've accomplished what you have because of your quiet, sincere way that has impressed your clients. I've never known you to compromise your principles just to make a sale. I'm sure your high ideals will help you have an even better year this year. And so this was something that I actually have it in his handwriting because he wrote handwritten notes. He, he used to write to me when I was in college, and it was just great to get those notes. And I, I'm a big note writer, and I probably write about three or four notes a day. And so um, that, that would be one of my lessons is, you know, th if you take time to write notes to people and recognize them, it's amazing how, number one, it makes you realize what's going on around.
around you, and then it makes other people feel good. So one of one of your takeaways from today is uh, sometime in the next couple of days, uh, stop and think about someone that's impacted you in a positive way or someone that you should be sending a thank you note and take the time to write to them and do it and then start making it a habit. So, but this was, uh, this was one of the values that goes back, and you can't really read this that well, but when my father passed away, he, he passed away in October very suddenly in 2010, and we have a company breakfast every December, and he was, a, he was just beloved by everyone. You know, late, later in his years, um, he used to kind of walk around the office, and he'd just come in your office and plop down, and he was sort of mentoring people, but he wasn't really active in the day-to-day management, although he would never fail to stick his nose in if he wanted to and felt that he needed to share something. But when, when he passed away, I thought for that first breakfast where he wasn't there, we needed to make people know that he really was there. So we, we put together something that is the lessons from the life of Willard Tillotson, and it has some principles that are personal, character, and business. And, and these are just things that he would share with people as he talked to them, and it was very consistent in that. And some of the ones I like the best, um, one is, do what you say you'll do. That's how people develop trust. And I think that's, that's really true. So, you know, we, we talk about that in our business, and it's true with a leader that if you do what you say you'll do, or if you can't do what you say you'll do, and, you know, a good example is if you say I'll get back to you within the next week, and all of a sudden you find out the week's gone, and you haven't, you haven't found the answer, and you're not ready to get back, you know, call them and tell them. You know, I, I told you I'd get back. I don't have the answer yet. Just those simple lessons of do what you say you'll do, and, you know, then follow up on it. Because people, you know, we all have had that situation where someone hasn't gotten back to us or they haven't followed through in what they say. If you tell someone why you're not doing it, um, it's better than not than just waiting and letting it go. And you know that sinking feeling in your stomach where you haven't followed up and, and you think, oh, you know, the longer it goes on, the worse you feel. So just uh, do that. You know, another one that is really simple was always tell the truth. That way you never have to wonder what you said. And, you know, again, think about that. You know, I'm sure everyone in the room, if you haven't ever told a little lie, you know, some kind, um, then you're not really human, in my opinion. But, you know, I think about that when I was growing up, and, you know, there'd be little things that I wouldn't quite tell the truth about. And he'd always say, you know, always tell the truth. You never have to wonder what you said. You know, that's it's really true. And, you know, I believe, um, you know, sometimes if you've said something and then, then you go back and you have to say, well, what did I say there? You know, if you tell the truth, you really don't have to wonder about it. You know exactly what the situation was. And that's true in, in business. When we do a proposal, an investment proposal, you know, I know what I would say and what I wouldn't say about an investment. So if someone ever says, well, you told me this, I, I may not argue with them, but at least I know that, no, I wouldn't have said that. And I, or I could say, you know, I, I know I wouldn't say that because this is how it works. So just being really um, consistent and honest about things uh, when, in the way that you, you conduct yourself is something that's really good. Um, admit when you're wrong and apologize when it's in order. And I, I said my dad was kind of volatile. So, you know, occasionally when, when he'd really chew you out, like he used to go to Florida from January through about the end of April. And when he came back, then I'd always warn people, he's coming back, you know, he doesn't know what you've been doing for the last four months. And so he'd kind of go around the office like uh, Buzz and, and tell people what they should be doing. And he'd get me animated. And then I'd have to go and clean up after him a little bit <laughs> and, and tell them, I know what you've been doing and don't, don't worry. But, uh, but anyway, 
anyway, he would apologize then. Like, you know, he'd find out, well, okay, things really are in order and, you know, it's okay. But I, I think that apologizing when it's in order, you know, admit when you're wrong is, is something that's really good and never stop learning. Um, even at 82 years old, and I'm using him as an example because he really was my best teacher of good leadership, um, maybe outside of the Bible. And if you think, you know, never stop learning. So even at 82 years old, you know, he'd work on his golf game. He'd do other things. I, when I was getting ready to come today, I was going in to look for a book. And I'll just share with you when, when I think about learning, I love to read about leadership. And our we have a library in our house. And, and it's just filled with shelves of books on leadership. And I thought I'd like to bring them all because there are so many good ones. Um, but one of my favorite is Lincoln on Leadership. It's a really simple book. And it just it has different chapters. And then it has a summary page at the end of each chapter with some of the, the basic principles. So sometimes when I'm dealing with a difficult situation, I think I need some guidance on how to handle that. I, I just go to the table of contents and see, okay, which chapter will have the best summary of the kind of issues I'm dealing with. But you know, read and follow other leaders because, as I said, all those lessons are out there. So it never stop learning. And when I was looking in the library this morning, I thought, you know, I'd just like to take a week off and go back and reread all these books that I've read over the years. And I have a lot that I have not read yet. Um, and then one of, one of the other principles, a sense of humor goes a long way. And I think that's really an important thing to remember is, you know, we, we get very serious about life and about business and can stress, but one of the best, for me, best stress relievers is when I just find myself able to laugh, and especially when I've done something stupid or, you know, I've made a mistake, you know, being able to laugh at yourself, say, you know, I can't believe I made you know, that mistake again or whatever it might be, but just having a sense of humor about situations and realizing, you know, you can uh, take something that didn't go quite right learn from it, you know, laugh about it and, and move on. But but being able to laugh with those that you're around too because, you know, things can get pretty stressful at times and uh, just being able to, to do that. So I think I like in many of these, the character principles are some of my favorites. Uh, but some of the personal ones, too. Uh, family is the most important thing. Uh, never give up on them. And, you know, we, you know, we've had success over the years with our company and have seen it grow, but we've never gotten caught up with material things. And we, you know, we've always said, you know, material things can be replaced. You know, people can't. So to me, in, in my life, people are the most important. I, you know, I really, um, I just, I love relationships and I don't like to see broken relationships. I'll, I'll do anything I can, you know, when things aren't going right, to at least not let a relationship um, be one that isn't at least okay. And, you know, sometimes things happen and you have to evaluate in your life, you know, does that relationship, uh, be, is it a good one for me and should I let it continue? But I don't ever want to let it not uh, be at least at an okay spot. You know, it might not be real strong, but I, I think relationships are just too important. So there, there are some lessons, and I'd be glad to actually share these with Doug. Uh, if anyone wants a copy of any of the materials, I, I could give them to Doug, and he could put them somewhere to share with you. But I'm going to talk about something that I started doing about uh, 2001. It was actually the first year I did this, and I'll be a little bit sensitive to time. But uh, this has probably been one of the most life-changing things for me personally is I, I do what I call my personal planning days. And what this has morphed into is um, it now is two days where I go away from everything. And I, I go to a place called the Savage River Lodge and just think about life. And now I start planning for these days a good two or three months in advance 
Um, but I, when you do it, I have a couple of things, and I, I did bring copies of this outline because I've done it for a long time, and I'll show you what a planning day looks like. Um, I go to a place called Savage River Lodge. There's no TV, no uh, no radio. It's a place in Frostburg, Maryland, and I'm in a little cabin, and it's, a, it's an awesome place out in the country. And then I just think about life and all the different parts of life. And so for those planning days, it's you know putting notes and writing. And I'm, I'm a big believer that if I write it down, it becomes a lot more real. It's not just a thought here. Um, being very detailed and writing out specific steps and then taking action on the planning days and then reviewing it and revising it often. So some things that are in your planning aren't going to happen and it's okay to not let them happen. And, you know, what that looks like is, you know, for me, it's a reflection of uh, back on the year that has passed. So I, I think about the highlights of the last year, the challenges, the, the disappointments that might have happened, uh, what's been energizing, what's been uh, draining, uh, reviewing the people and relationships in my life and thinking about which ones I might need to step away from a little bit and which ones I might want to strengthen. And then specifically, what steps are you going to take to do that? Um, thinking about my personal mission and is it still meaningful or does it need to be changed and then thinking about priority areas and then just taking time to show gratitude to uh, those who have been an influence so those are some of the things I think about as I go into the planning days and then I literally will think about each of these areas and for me the the important areas are my faith my family my home uh, health and fitness the community and board involvement uh, business planning, relationships, vacations, charitable commitments, and then out-of-the-box opportunities and, and personal development. And so the planning day is like, you know, it's not anything real sophisticated. You know, legal, yellow legal pad is literally almost filled with looking back at the last year and then looking at the year to come and thinking about all those areas. And so, for example, when I think about the people, I think about each family member individually and what's going on in that person's life and where I need to be in that life. And so for my, my son who's getting married in three months, you know, I thought about his, you know, what was coming up for that. And, and you write it down. And then it's really easy to go to this, this notebook and say, okay, you know, what, am I, what do I need to be doing? So I carry this with me in my briefcase all the time. And it's really fun getting ready for it because I look back at the previous years and, you know, certain things that are on there, like, you know, health one year, I, I don't really do nails. You know, that's, I don't have time to do nails. And it's kind of a funny, it's just a funny story, but you, you can write down things. And that one year I said, you know, I really should take better care of them because when I'm in meetings and I'm pointing at something, I often want to go, like, you know, <laughs> if you look on this page. <laughs> then after about uh, three weeks, I thought, you know, I just don't have time to do that. So, you know, I wrote, I crossed it off, and I, I don't sleep a lot, so, you know, one year I wrote down, get more sleep, and I thought, you know, why do, I feel good, so I don't really need to get more sleep right now. <laughs> but, so, you know, yeah, that's where the sense of humor comes in, too, but, you know, these, these things are, are really, you know, it's, it's a fun exercise to go through, but it really makes you feel grounded in, you know, what's important and where are the priorities, and, you know, I'll tell you a story. This year, I was at, a, at the game last night, and I was talking to some friends, and they said, well, what have you been up to? And I said, I actually cleaned our garage while my son and son and husband were in Africa recently and this has been a project on my to-do list you know from my planning days for about 10 years 
And it, I just said, you know, this year they're going away. I'm getting a dumpster. I am cleaning that garage. I got someone to come in and help me. Took everything out, you know, cleaned it all, uh, got it painted, you know, got shelves put in. And it feels so good. But it's finally, you know, but I, but I had written it down in detail on what all needed to happen. So I didn't have to wonder when they went away. How, how do I approach it? It was pretty much all there. You know, this makes me feel really grounded. And so it, it's just a great experience to really reflect on, you know, who are you? Where's your priority? You know, what do you need to be doing in the time ahead? And so I, I highly recommend it. And people will say, I don't have time to do that. You know, my, my answer to that would be, you don't have time not to do it if you're a busy person because it, it really helps you focus. And so... I just, you know, I'm a big believer in that. And one of the important things coming out of that then is to actually take the plan and share it with others, you know, where you need to share it. So, you know, that's family, business associates, friends, trusted counselors, boards, others. Um, this has helped me make decisions to step off boards when I evaluate them and feel like I'm not really contributing because we only have so much time in our lives. And so it's just been a great exercise so it's you know, my advice for you if, you, if you want to be in leadership, you know, to know yourself and to know where the priorities are and to really, uh, really stay focused on what's most important. You know, this, this kind of exercise will just uh, help you in, in many ways. So I've been doing it for 15 years. I don't feel like I could, I could go through the year without doing it. So that's one. Uh, that's probably my best advice for anyone in a leadership role: is you'll find yourself spread thin. And you know, people say, "How do you get all the things you want to into your life in the the time that you have?" You know, one of it is to be focused and to know where you say yes, where you say no, um, and then to figure out what you can delegate to others where you're not, um, where it's really not your skill set anyway. And you know, figure out where you're putting time. That if it's de-energizing, you know, can you do something to take that out so that your time is really spent where you're best. So that's, uh, that's probably my best advice. And then the action steps, you know, eliminating and adding. So it is an active plan. You know, that's why I carry this with me. Um, and you never get through it all. You know, it's not, it's not a matter of are, are you successful or not uh, with getting the plan done. Because this is, you know, life doesn't, life doesn't stop until we're not here anymore. So, you know, my, my 10-year goal of getting the garage done, you know, it, it still stayed there. I just knew it may not be a priority for one year. But I finally found this little window where I could get a dumpster in. My husband wasn't around. To recollect things and you know <laughs> and it just felt really good and he actually likes it too and then you know delegate and prioritize and so I say you know make it personal and have fun so you know those categories that I have may not be your categories but I'd say you know thinking about for you what are the important areas and then what do you do about it so that's kind of my advice my, you know, my last piece of advice is um, make sure in life that you get out of the box. And uh, this was something um, years ago. Neil Alexander on the left-hand side is my, my colleague who passed away from ALS. But Neil came in my office in, I think it was 2002, and said, Hey, Kim, you know, I want to go skydiving. What do you think? And I said, I'm in. So three of us went skydiving. And it was such a great experience. I thought, I have to do something you know, out of the box every year. So now I look forward to thinking about what out of the box things will 
people I do. So I've, I mean, I really have had some great experiences. Last year I did a 71-mile hike across the Laurel Mountains, you know, backpacked and tented, and it was called the Crucible Hike. You know, but I've, I've been to Malawi on mission trips. I've, you know, just little things. One year, uh, one of my out-of-the-box experiences, since I'm, I'm a busy mom, and I've always been involved with our boys, but I've never really got that involved with the, the football moms. And I thought, I'm going to get involved. My son's a senior. So we did the senior dinner, and we did, um, we had all the seniors over to our house for dinner. And I got to know the football moms. And, you know, some of them were very different in their, the way they thought about things and their, maybe their speediness in coming to decisions. You know, I, I tend to make very quick decisions. But it was a great experience. I made some connections that I hadn't made before. So it was kind of an out-of-the-box thing to get that involved with a group that's a little different than me. You know, I'm pretty type A. And uh, anyway, just thinking about places that you can get out of your comfort zone and challenge yourself and, and do something different. And I look back on, <clears throat> on all the fun things and, you know, it would encourage you just think about that. You know, what can you do that's kind of out of the box and not your normal routine? So with that, I'm going to stop and just say, you know, I, I love the question and answer much more than me talking. <laughs> you give a hand, Ken. Everyone, thanks so much for listening to Kim's talk. I hope that you enjoyed it. And for ways to connect with Kim, to see a copy of her PowerPoint and everything else, you can go to the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 94 and check that out right there. Um, you can also listen to our, our question and answer session with Kim on episode 95 of the podcast. So I'd encourage you to listen to that. It was phenomenal as well. And um, you can get all the show notes for that at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 95. Our next breakfast, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, is on May 21st. Our speaker is Jeff Leak, and he is the pastor of Allison Park Church. He's a phenomenal leader. I've interviewed him for this podcast before, and uh, it's just going to be an amazing event. If you'd like to register for that, you can go to l3leadership.org forward slash event, and, uh, or just look on our Facebook page. We're always posting that as well. Uh, I also want to thank our other sponsor, 068, which is a great company led by my friend Daniel Bull, and they actually start companies with ex-convicts. Uh, it's an unbelievable thing that he's doing. And I just want to encourage you uh, to take a few minutes and go to their website and just watch some of the stories of the, the people that they're investing in. It's just amazing what they're doing. And they uh, do a great job of telling their story. So you can check out all of that at 068.org. All spelled out, that's 068.org. And uh, you'll really enjoy that. And then, as I mentioned before in the, the podcast, if you enjoy this podcast, it really does make a difference if you subscribe uh, and leave a rating and review for us on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to this. So if you would just take a few minutes, that would be a great way to give back to us as a re- um, in return for, for providing this podcast to you. And then lastly, I always like to close with a quote. And D.L. Moody once said this. He said, our greatest fear should not be failure, but of succeeding at things that don't matter. I love that. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things that don't matter. So I just want to encourage you as we close the podcast, go out and do something that matters today. Thanks again for listening and being a part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you next episode.